Hello, everybody. We are those guys you hate. Welcome to the show that encourages you to be your best self by not being like us. My brother and I hopelessly search for nuance as we wade through wacky segments and crazy conversations. If you can withstand the insanity, you might actually learn something. Tyler, what are you going to specifically be discussing this week? Ryan, we have lost another unsung hero as we sing the praises of Masayuki Imura in another happy death day. And I've got a shameful admission that I genuinely wish wasn't true. Coming up later on this show. What about you, Ryan? I gavalt. <laughs> this week, I asked the question, can we quantify spirituality? And we bring in an expert to get to the bottom of tentacle porn. So grow with us as we fail our way forward. I want to be taken seriously as a show, Tyler. But it but it's a problem because all the dick jokes. The, the, the dick jokes have yeah. really have really popped up yeah. in an unfortunate way. Yeah. But we in a like, very in your face way. We like to talk about things that are interesting and I think thought provoking but our sense of humor can be a bit sophomoric. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm half of the show. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking For sure. about. And I think that people, when they first hear it, they think that this is just all potty humor and this is just really simplistic in nature, which in a lot of ways it is, but I think that we bring a lot of good information. Absolutely. I think we have um, some perspective-shifting ideas and, and conversations and uh, every once in a while, we like to deliver that as a uh, dick joke. Well, I'm glad that you said that because tell me if this is perspective changing, Tyler. The human anus can stretch up to seven inches before taking damage. Somebody sent me this information today. Mm. I wanted to pass it on to you, but I don't want for people to just think that we're all potty humor and stretched anuses, Tyler. I, I honestly worry about that a lot. Well, you're the stretch anus thing? I do. You're doing- When I run, it makes a noise. You're doing a thing that sounds like blowing in the top of a bottle. Ooh. The problem is- is you're doing one thing and then saying the exact opposite. So you're giving people mixed signals. As Satire, baby. And the problem is with a lot of this information, it's so dry that if we told it to you in the way that it's told, like out of a textbook, why would you even listen? We want you to have a good time. Well, and I don't think we have the capability to do that. I don't think we can make it through a paragraph explaining something and not put in some kind of joke. That's our defense mechanism, baby. Now, the raccoon can squeeze into a hole as tight as four inches, Tyler. Now, I, again, now we're talking about math. We're talking about this world that we live in and looking at it through a different perspective. The average human can almost take two full raccoons up their ass, Tyler. Yeah. How do I deliver that message without sounding like I am just some little kid who's figured out how to, uh, you know, make make poop jokes, Tyler, because that's an interesting fact. I think you done did it. I think you just succeeded, and congratulations to you and yours. When it comes to being a pain in the ass, my name is Ryan. And my name is Tyler. And we are those guys you hate. Salutations, my Haitians, and welcome to the show that's rated R. To my left, a man who looks suspiciously like my son, Mr. Tyler Menendez. Tyler, 
Where's my fucking child support, buddy? <laughs> like, honestly, he owe me tens of thousands of dollars. Hey, look, it's Steve the Pirate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is shocking how much he and I look alike. But I mean, he obviously got the good genes. Brotherhood of the traveling pants. Am I right? I don't believe that you are. And I show a video of my son to people in the bar. And sure. they're like, he looks a lot like Tyler. Yeah. And it really has got my wheels spinning. Mm. Prime time, baby. I, Tyler, I need to ask you something. Why are drugs so addictive? Seriously. Uh, as Louis C.K. once said, drugs are so good, they will literally ruin your life. They are so much fun and make you feel so good and take you away from your problems so absolutely and so completely, even if for whatever the amount of time is, uh, it's easy to get lost in them. Is that what it is that it takes you away from your problems? Is that the idea of drugs? Yeah, you lose grip, not necessarily lose grip on reality, but you're able to let go of all these problems and all these these bad feelings that you normally can't get rid of. And then you add in, depending on what drug you're doing, the high of that drug. Sure. And it's a combination of just euphoria in a lot of cases. And that is the deal is that your brain, generally speaking, is being flooded with chemicals in a way that it normally isn't. Sure. It is pushing chemically all of these buttons of these feelings that people generally don't experience at that level. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah, you are absolutely right, now, of course. the fact of the matter is, it doesn't always have to be a substance. It could could be relationships it could be social media it could be gambling it could be eating all of these different things well it's whatever triggers those feelings whatever triggers those those flood of chemicals in your brain with that being said i've been playing grand theft auto tyler i know i'm late to the party but i don't want to do anything else tyler yeah, yeah. sex feels worse food tastes worse the gym can suck my dick tyler yeah yeah. I don't care about this show anymore. I don't care. If the gym did that, I would never leave the gym. Jim Henson? Uh, um, yeah, I totally agree. It's very easy to lose yourself. You could go and play a round of, uh, of 18 holes of golf, and it's just like a Tiger Woods game. It's incredible. Yeah. Now, with all of that being said, and, and I'm kind of joking around, but it is really true. It's so interesting to be in the middle of this thing and be aware of like, wow, this thing really has a pull on me. My biggest problem is I have so much going on that I can't really sit down and devote a bunch of time to it, which that's just my responsibilities and I've accepted it. Mm -hmm. But damn, has it made me crotchety, Tyler. Oh, yeah. I'm angry about it. Oh, yeah. You asked me about doing the show today and I wanted to punch you in the face. I know. I saw it. Yeah, in, I know. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I, yeah, I came yeah. at you meekly where I was like, um, um, excuse me, sir. Excuse what? me. <laughs> what do you want? What is it, boy? Now, here's the thing about Grand Theft Auto. And for you guys <laughs> out there who don't know... It is a game where you are living in this world of, how would you describe it, Tyler? Almost a Breaking Bad kind of deep, dark world where, where really bad things happen. Yeah, they they try to do a, um, a grandiose, um, out there take on American culture with Grand Theft Auto. So everything is bigger and crazier and more slapstick uh, than it normally would be. And it just comes out perfectly. Well- there are, and I don't know if this is a shameful admission for me, there are parts of Grand Theft Auto that have me clutching my pearls, and I'm like, oh my lord, yeah. like, I don't know if I should be looking at this. There's there's one instance in that game, which I don't know if you've made it to yet or not, where I, I skip through it as quickly as possible because it puts me in a really bad wow. place. Well, I, I just think that that's really interesting, and I'm wondering, is this bad for my psychology to be taking this in? Because- probably. Unlike reading a book, well, reading a book maybe is the same way, or any other form of media in the way that you take it in, I think that 
with with the video games, it's so all encompassing. I remember when I was playing Fallout, when I when I swore off all other video games, it just takes over your mind. It takes over all of your senses. Mm-hmm. Now, am I letting them off when I say, is it possible that it's a satire to some degree of our world? There are some things with as disgusting as they are, and even used in a comedic way that do ring they're kind of holding up society back in our face i mean we can review i'm pretty sure that's what i just said the last time where it's a parody of of american culture it's a a take a grandiose take on american culture okay where no, it's, I, it's I just didn't put together that that's what you meant slapstick by slapstick in a lot of ways but yeah it's it's a take on what we're currently dealing with in the moment it all and it always has been in the fall of the american empire mm, am i right that's exactly right I hate it when our country goes down a deep, deep spiral. Okay. And we'll talk about it in the Depression Index. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, was, that was so natural. Wow. That was good. Nailed it. No one what the Depression you know, Index is, is a machine that I built in a country that used to be great. And we crank it up to let you know how down we are, Tyler. We're just waiting for America to pull out of this tailspin. We believe in it. Tyler, we should probably make it great again. Yeah. Um, yeah again, again, because somebody already has that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. pretty positive about that. Make that America great again, again. But in a different way. But in a different way. Uh, Tyler, did you take your antidepressants this week? Only five days, Ryan. Oh, well, listen, like I always say, we're not looking for perfection. We're just looking to be on the right tear. So I'll give you, I'll give you two of these. There you go. Oh, that's so kind of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You deserve it, buddy. We're rooting for you. And we do that just to keep in mind. We do it every week, kind of joking around like we do with everything else on the show, saying if you are taking medicine, hang in there. Do it on the reg, because that's how it works. On the reg. (laughs) Ryan, for this week's Depression Index, my theme is, what do you find important? Now, I was at a sales event recently with my other job, the one that none of you will ever know about. Secret and we don't talk about Ever. And there was a big group of kids waiting in line to sit down at one of the tables. And I saw them, as most kids are wont to do, push and fight and argue about their place in line. Do you remember that from when you were a kid? It was where you stood in line and who you sat next to was so important that you would push your way in almost. It's a power struggle that begins at our childhood. In I mean, we're, we're in high school for our whole lives, ostensibly. That's pretty much my point. Yeah. When I say, what do you find important? That is what we find important at that age because well, first of all, we don't have any perspective on anything. And second of all, those are the things that we find important. Yes. So when we grow up to be adults, adults, we find importance in a lot of things that I think don't matter. A lot of the times I'll use the reference of uh, getting cut off in traffic and you become- That's a big one. Irate, irate. Is that really important? What is that doing for you? That idea of me pushing down on my brake, which then slows me down 0.02 seconds on the way to where I am going, Mm is as insignificant as anything could possibly be. And it also sparks anger inside of me. I'm gonna run him off the road for it. Sure, sure, I'll I'll, I'll follow you home and beat the shit out of your grandma. Well, she had it coming. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto, Tyler. (laughs) Oh, Ryan, um, this week I am at a three. Wow! Three! 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 
incredible Greg Louganis type numbers from you. And I do believe that that idea, I mean, what is the basis of that? Just letting go. What's important? What's not important? Or acknowledging the things that you find important. A lot of things I think we say in our minds, oh, I don't care about that, or I don't, uh, I'm not worried about that. If you're thinking about it in your mind, which is quite literally infinite in the thoughts that it can have, you care about it. Yeah. You're exerting energy into this thing. So stop telling yourself, I don't care about this, or stop telling yourself it's not that big of a deal. If you're thinking about it, it is those things. And stop saying, I could care less. That means that there's still some more room to care less, which means you care more than something else. You sound like an idiot. And that's my, you know. Gang it up! Depression index. Really great job, Tyler. Now, I'm gonna do something as soon as we're finished here. I am going to do something different than what I've ever done on the Depression Index. This week, I am going to give some dating tips, Tyler. I am going to give some dating tips. And this is real, which is what I say before everything, which is generally not real. But this is... You've already done it once in the show. Yeah. Real, mm -hmm. okay? Yep. Yep. Now, as you know, throughout most of my life, I have been somewhat of a ladies' man, Tyler. I have been a, a skirt chaser, Tyler. Mm. I've been a Lothario. I have been a, a tomcat. Oh, tell me more. If you will. Please. Bit of a rake. <laughs> um, so I do have some insight on dating. Now, what I'm gonna do, here's how I'm gonna do this. I am going to give you good dating advice, and then at the end, I'm going to give you great dating advice. Wow. I, I see that you're doing a thing, but I'm actually trying to be real here, Tyler. Am I, I don't is know. Is there no way for me to win you over? I know, I've hurt well, you in the past. We will be, all you do is hurt me. We will go into it, and if it is what you say it is, then we, it's very much like bad teams in, in sports. Do it, and then I will believe that I'll you believe can do it. I'll believe it once I've seen it, okay. Have you ever heard this advice, some form of this? Be, this is the dating advice. Be nonchalant. Act like you don't care. Mm, that is be, good advice. Be aloof. Like, your life isn't dependent on this person. So you're obviously, when you're romantically attracted to someone, when you want to be with someone, it starts pumping all those chemicals in your body. You get excited. Some people feel fight or flight. And that is not an attractive, me too. Yeah. And that is not an attractive quality mm -hmm. when you're looking for a potential suitor. Am well, I right? Absolutely. And when if you're in a big group, and I've certainly been guilty of this in the past, you're in a big group and you focus all of your attention on this one person. Sure. And it's like, all right, dude, like, <laughs> calm down. You're hanging on their back <laughs> like a backpack. Yeah. I get it. Now, so, so the advice is act like you have more things going on in your life. Act as if your life doesn't depend on this one person's affection. What do you think of that as good dating advice? That, that is good advice. And I would go even further than that and say, if you do find yourself in a place where you start liking somebody and you get to a place where it becomes so intense in the realm that you're saying, because that's how I used to uh, feel around people that I liked. Sure. Um, I would say, do yourself a favor and look into that. Why do you? Why do these feelings get so intense? The want in those scenarios and those situations for me used to get so intense that I would be unable to speak clearly. Yeah, it's like a manic episode. Yeah. And now I will drift into my great dating advice, mm -hmm. which is, it is time to stop pretending to be someone to attract people into actually become it. My great dating advice is, Become that person. 
become that person that's so invested in other things that your life isn't hanging on the balance of whether or not this person likes me or they don't. I spent so much of my life pretending to be someone. When do I actually become that person? Does that make sense what I'm saying? You are that person as long as that's how you, you're behaving. Well, you don't just accidentally become that. That takes a lot of work. And so my depression index this week is basically let's stop pretending to be who we want other people to think we are and let's start doing the work that it takes to actually become that. I don't want to pretend like I have so much going on in my life that I don't care whether or not you like me because that was always my thing. I now want to be somebody who likes somebody and and if we want to go out that's great but my life is not set on whether or not other people accept me or not. I'm working on accepting myself. So this week... That seems like a really verbose way to say, be the change you want to see in the world, Mr. Gandhi. Did you just make that up? That was really good. <laughs> right? Uh, this week, I am I am really much like the human anus. I am expanding my ability to be vulnerable, Tyler. And you're smelly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Acting in a way that I want to act and not changing it because I'm afraid. This week, I am at a three. One, two. And just like expanding your awareness or just like expanding your anus, as you put it, um, expanding your awareness is a very scary thing. But when you finally start doing it and you ease into it, it's a lot of fun. It's exactly like the anus. And Tyler, very quickly, good quotes by bad people. The finest steel has to go through the hottest fire, Tyler. Who said that? Oh boy, that's a tough one. The finest steel. You know what? Since we've already said it, I'm gonna, has to go through the hottest fire. I'm gonna say Gandhi, that bitch. Yeah, no, I haven't made my way to him because I just can't. I can't even look at tolerate him. him. One Richard Milhouse Nixon, Tyler. One Richard Nixon. Richard M. Nixon. Okay. And, and I don't know much about Richard Nixon. I know he's regarded as being a bad person because of the Watergate thing. Is mm -hmm. he a bad person? Is that fair for me to label him as such? It's tough to say bad person, but he did behave in the way that a bad person would act. I will say that. We all have, haven't of, we? Of course. All right. Yeah, I, I would say it's the way that you behave after you get caught. Like, dude, you're caught. It's very much like uh, Mr. Smollett, as we were talking about him last week. Sure. Where he's just now found himself in a position where he's got to keep saying that it happened. You yep. can't you can't admit at this point. He's winning me lied. over, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> He's winning me over. Okay, Tyler. Now we gotta keep this thing moving because we have uh previously scheduled appointments that need to get got. And uh, we're going to move forward, but I I'm not even going to do a shameful admission here. I'm not going to turn this into some big drawn out segment. I just need to express something on this show. We have talked about how in this house, we this was a shameful admission at one point that in this house, how long have we been here? Uh, it's coming up on a year now. Coming up on a year because you and I are just special types of people. Sure. We have lived in this house for one year with two plates, mm -hmm. one fork, mm -hmm. and a couple spoons. Yeah. Okay. Now, that is that embarrassing to you? No, not in the least. Okay. <laughs> so then what is embarrassing to you, Tyler? I very much like the toothbrush and butt thing. I, I Well, we have more than one of those. It's, <laughs> it's the toothbrush or butt. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's very, um, wishy-washy with me. You know, my, my brain's a, a, a special one. Toothbrushes are definitely wishy-washy, Tyler. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I, as I have chronicled many times on the show, have recently started dating someone for mm -hmm. the first time in a long time. Yeah. Ipso facto leads me to this fact. Please. Which is, because we were both eating at the same time, I had to eat a steak 
with two knives, Tyler. Oh. Two knives. In Why this- did you use a spoon? How do you eat a steak with a spoon? You just hold it down. I do it all the time. Is that true? Just, oh, all the time. What? <laughs> yeah, because I'll get like a breaded steak and it comes with a shitload of rice. A spoon's way better in that scenario. That is ridiculous. I held with one knife and I cut with what another. What you're saying is ridiculous. And I put it in my mouth with, <laughs> no, the, gonna, with the first knife. You're going to stab yourself. I got. I was just fine, Tyler. I went I went very, very slowly. <laughs> sure. Now, I, I just, just want people to know. Just what, say, what, take what, it from a pro. Spoon is the way to go in that scenario. We're living different lives, Tyler. Now, I had warned you about this. Well, maybe warned isn't the right adjective. Yeah, I, I mean, everything you say is a warning in one sense <laughs> or another. I'm like a human coral snake. <laughs> Uh, so I had asked you about this because normally I like to surprise you because I like for you to be the audience and to get your reaction. I did not do that this week because I wanted to make sure that this was going to be okay with you. You told me that it was okay. Hopefully you still feel the same way. I digress. I'm already against it. Let's do this next segment. Tyler Menendez. Observations where I take a fact, like Tyler eats a breaded steak with a spoon, and I bring it up and I make Tyler answer and, you know, apologize for his crimes on humanity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this week, I thought, without making a joke out of it at all, because I don't think there's anything particularly funny about it, I thought that it would be interesting to talk in depth about your isolation, Tyler. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? Just your initial take on discussing it, because we, we talk about it on the show all the time, but I don't think the listeners actually understand what it is we're talking about. I think everybody understands what isolation is. I just, whenever I don't come out to eat or to uh, do the show, I'm usually just tucked away in my in my room. In your lair. In my lair, but, safety place. But when people hear that, oh, Tyler likes to hang out in his room, I don't think that they understand the depths of it. I want to make sure that I'm not discussing this in any sort of way that feels like I'm making fun because I'm not. I just think that people would be shocked to know how much it truly is that you stay in the house. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I would just say I'm conserving energy, and I'm ready for what time for the end times. Right? Okay, and sure. they're coming eventually. Okay, so oh, I, I go know, ahead, please, please speak to your heart's content. To be honest with the audience, I think that in some sort of ways you're uncomfortable with this. Am I crazy to think that? I'm uncomfortable with most things. So, okay. I mean, you're painting with a very broad brush there. So let me start with this. What do you think the foundation of your isolation is? What do you think? the reason behind it is, if that's even a fair thing to ask. Sure, it's very much like alcoholism or drug use. It's just a way to escape. A way to escape what? Um, anything that would make me feel uncomfortable. Okay, that's a really interesting thing to say right there. Mm. Your isolation is a way to escape anything that would make you feel uncomfortable. Now, what do you think could be the, the, the negative effects of that? Of isolation? Uh, of you doing anything on this planet to avoid feelings of uncomfortability. Uh, you don't live your life. Sure. Yeah. Because because I think in some ways being uncomfortable is how we grow. I don't For think sure. that that's a controversial thing to say. It's, it's when you're comfortable, you're very often stay in the same place. So you feeling those feelings has caused you to just like, hey, I don't enjoy that. I am going to avoid it at all costs. Because when you're in your room, you're in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. You're in charge of what music is playing, what's on TV, what the temperature is, all of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, what, I mean, do you think there's anything that people should know about isolation or? Uh, it's wildly unhealthy. In terms of? Just your mental health. Isolation, we're, we're we are, um, 
we're social animals. Yeah, we're social creatures. So, sure. so when you don't like we, when we talk about putting somebody out of isolation for too long, uh, they lose uh, parts of their brain. The yep. parts of their brain shrink because it's not being used as much. It's the same thing that happens when you isolate, and uh, it's just wildly unhealthy. Sure. Okay. So, so my my question to you is, and, and I hope it's. I know I keep putting these parameters on it because the last thing that I want is for you to feel uncomfortable. I just think it's interesting, and I think people can find some, much like we do the the pill sound for you taking your medicine. Why would anybody care about that? Mm. It's to kind of normalize it and let other people know that that's out there. I'm totally fine with this conversation. You're the one who seems kind of uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not. I just want to make sure <laughs> you keep that putting I'm not, disclaimers on it because I'm reading your body language. Because you're answering me, but also I know Tyler. Okay, so then I'm going to ask you. Please, are you happy moving forward this way? What does your future look like with isolation? Like, do you have any sort of long term plans or is this just the way that Tyler is? No, no. I'm I'm trying to grow out of it. It's very much like uh as I said, like a drug addict. It's like asking a cokehead like what's your future plans with cocaine? Well I'd like to stop. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So so it's yeah it's just it's just one of those things that I'm dealing with right now and it's um it's an upgrade from what I was doing before. Absolutely. And 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 explain what it was like at that time when it was at your worst, what was that like? Oh, I mean, I wanted to die every second of the day. Wow, that took a real turn, ladies and gentlemen. Well, but but I mean, you were just, that's when you were living at the other place in Miami, and you... Full isolation. Before before the show and oh, all yeah. of that stuff, it mm-hmm. was literally just you in the house by yourself for... Two years. Two years, wow. Two years, yeah. Okay, boy, I, I really brought this show to a screeching halt. You did, yeah. you did, yeah. You did. You're the one who doesn't want to you talk about it. You did. Way. I'm unhappy right. to talk about it. I'm not defensive. You're defensive. Right. Tyler and I are going to go isolate together. And then uh, when we come back. <laughs> We're co-isolationists. Two men enter, one man leave. What's going on, everybody? Ryan Menendez here. Now, I know that you're such a fan of this podcast, you already know it. But part of this advertising is me explaining shit to you that you already know. Buckle up. So much of this podcast is based on me being a total kook. Now, a bunch of people have reached out to me, and they have let me know that they want to be a kook too. Now, this isn't something that you just stumble on. It doesn't happen by accident. you got to put in practice. 10,000 hours, am I right? So what you need to do is read the books that I read. Now, what we've done is we have signed up to work with Audible so you can read the books to become a kook like me. Thoseguysyouhate.com. Now, here's what Audible wants. They want for you to go over there and get a free book that I'm offering you so you can read, you can get on board, you could sink below the waters and end up in the same place that I am. And what they're hoping is, is that you'll get that free book, you'll sign up, and then you'll forget to unsign up, and then they can charge you at least once, okay? You know it, I know it, we all know it. Beat the system by breaking that contract before that happens, or stay with them and continue to learn and grow and flourish like a big boy. So if you go to thoseguysyouhate.com right now, all of my reading recommendations are there. You could sign up and get the book for free, and then you have 30 days to cancel your membership, and you don't get beat on the deal. You know you won't because you're lazy. That's why you haven't moved out of your parents' house. We love you. Thank you for supporting those guys you hate. And let's get back to the show. Those guys. Okay, I think that somebody is breaking into my house and putting pubic hair into my bar of soap. True crime? Is that true crime? Why would anyone do that? I, I don't get it.
you hate. I'm looking at these hairs and I'm like, I don't know these hairs. True crime. That That's is definitely true crime. That is not true crime. Whatever, you don't know what true crime is. Those guys. Red circle. Red motherfucking circle. Tyler, do you ever play the game? And I know this is going to sound ridiculous, and I'm sure the answer is no. Do you ever play the game, unlock the door before the killer gets you? Like you're like, you have the key and like you're pretending like somebody is, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you ever about. play that game? Absolutely not. Why not? You just don't like those I don't, chemicals? I don't need that kind of anxiety in my life. Why would I, why would I do that? You know why, why would you do that? I just believe that like we've talked about on this show many, many times, it is your responsibility to make life fun for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I love that idea of just kind of, and you know, I'm obsessed with true crime and all that shit. So I, I just like that idea of kind of getting those chemicals pumping by, you know, living this out in your head. And my idea is that it doesn't just have to be about that. You could do it with regular household things like scoop the coffee before the killer gets you like mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Does that do anything for you? Not really. I don't want to. Envision me being me being chased by a killer. Squeeze out a poopy before the killer gets you. What do you think? Oh, that's a relaxing time. Make the baby go to sleep before the killer gets you. <laughs> that's a murder. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that Tyler. is what you call what's called a homicide. <laughs> My middle name is Sids. Uh, all right, enough of this bullshit, Tyler. Unfortunate. We are uh, we're, we're having too much fun. Let's get serious, Tyler. Okay. Let's do the segment. Doctor Drusifer, our resident pornospondent. Greetings. Hey, Dr. Jusifer, our resident porn respondent. How are you doing today, brother? I am amazing. How are you gentlemen today? I'm doing great. Tyler, how are you doing? We're going to learn more about some porn, so I'm feeling good, Ryan. Well, can, Tyler, can you very quickly give the backstory on how this came to be? Um, well, you and I are perverts, and we know a third person, Dr. Jusifer, who is also a pervert, and he has been kind enough to go and do research on specific porn categories and relay said information back to us for an, uh, our entertainment. Uh, Dr. Jusifer, did he get that about right? I, that is 110% correct. Okay, now listen, before we get into, uh, uh, we've all heard about tentacle porn. Some of us have maybe lived the experience. Seen it a few times. Seen it a few times. I, I just, you gave me a quick little uh, interlude via text about a story concerning you, your office, and hand sanitizer. Is that something mm. that we could share with the Haitian army? Absolutely. And you just did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I found myself with an, an abundance of hand sanitizer, and there was a particular one that was very smooth. It felt <laughs> excellent on my hand. It just, every time I used it, wow. And it, it always comes to my mind that maybe I should use this. Not even thinking, not, I'm completely ignoring the 70% alcohol. Jeez, dude. Inside of the hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. So, this particular day, um, is it like a conditioner? Is that what it is? It's got the consistency of like a hair conditioner? You know, it's kind of like um, waking up the next morning to someone you don't really want to wake up next to and you just don't look that direction. 
I kind of think of it the same way. I don't read the bottle at all. So Ah, nice. It's not real if you don't have the information. I dig that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of takes so, the added element a little bit, yeah. So you so you, you gave it a go. Well, here, here's the important part of this, too, that makes it even better, is that that particular day was a grooming day where I'm pretty sure I busted out a brand-new razor and got a very nice close shave on the sensitive areas. See? He treated himself to something very did, nice. Yeah. yeah, I was going for the whole spot treatment that day. You got the uh, devil dick. Yeah. Yeah, so when you put a 70% uh, hand sanitizer, you know, 70% alcohol mm. on the good stuff, it's mm. no longer the good stuff. Yes, <laughs> like bull in a china shop. I didn't get any in any holes or orifices, so that's good. But still. Except every pore around your balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every nice and opened up pore. <laughs> mm. Trying to get it off discreetly, not not my penis, but the actual sanitizer off my genitals discreetly. Because I'm in an office at a place I used to work at, um, and people could walk in at any given moment. So um, running over to the, to the counter with the paper towels on it, and I just went crazy and uh, had to live with it for the most part. <laughs> I, the, the fact that you are judging um, certain liquids and gels around you for their viscosity and how it would feel on your dick is how you got this job in the first place. Absolutely. So I digress. <laughs> We've all heard about tentacle porn. We all have some vague idea crawling around inside our bodies. Vague. Uh, but please, let's let's buckle ourselves down and get the facts on uh, what I assume is Japan's favorite porn. Yeah, you are correct about Japan. Um, I'm not sure if it's their favorite porn, but it has been around for quite some time. Uh, one of the earliest instances of it was uh, on a wood carving. So they used to have like these books back in Japan. Uh, it's called Shunga. Well, that, that's like their, their kind of erotic like fiction type stuff. And they'd carve okay. this stuff in a wooden block. Hmm. So there's this one, uh, like a three-volume uh, Shunga Book, I guess I don't know um, where the very first instance that really was, was a popular one it was a carving called the dream of a fisherman's wife so if you google that you'll see one of the very very first early tentacle porn I'm gonna literally get right on that we can review there you go yeah, there oh, you go okay. why are they using for all those out there who don't know it's exactly what it sounds like and you tell me if I have this right Dr. Drusifer where instead of a penis or some other genital, it is a science fiction. It is science fiction, right? It's never an actual octopus or anything. It can it's, be. Yeah. It's a science it fiction. Actually, Go ahead. It the few genres. You've got like horror, sci-fi, anime, bestiality even. So mm -hmm. it's um, cross-pollinating. Oh, wow. So there are bees involved. I dig that. Now, <laughs> now, why and why why the tentacle instead of a good... What happened to a good old-fashioned penis? Is, is that all? It's, it's a phallic shape. Now, it's a phallic shape. And the thing with tentacles is you can have many. Yeah. Right. Now, that's part of it. You know, the whole the, the fantasy aspect of it. Now, another part is because Japan's obscenity laws. And they don't let you actually show penises. And up until recently, I, I don't think you could show pubic hair either. I've but, always been uh, confused by that blurry Japanese porn. I, I, yeah, I it drives me crazy. It. Absolutely crazy. Like, I want to see that butthole, and it just won't. won't, won't I thought that's that's just what Asians' genitals look like. I'm on Dr. Drusifer's side. So, I don't think we're going to find a lot of people arguing on the, on the other side. Mm -hmm. Now, is there anything else about tentacle porn that we need to know to just enrich our lives and our crevices? Um, not so much. You know, one thing I thought was interesting is that Oftentimes, there's rape being inferred with that. So, 
um, like the woman being taken over by this tentacled monster or, you know, octopus or whatever the case is. So I thought it was kind of odd that it's, you know, kind of rape, rapey. And what do you think the correlation there is? I mean, now I'm asking you to get out of your, you know, educational foundation and just really get into a journalistic mindset. What do you think the connection there is? I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of like BDSM type of aspect of that, you know, where you get some supreme dominance and even for those who, you know, enjoy the idea of having a tentacle monster do what thou will with you. Um, mm. And forgive me for interrupting, I'm assuming you did quite a bit of research when it comes to this. What's some of the most interesting that you saw? Anything that stood out to you? Yeah, that wooden block, man. Some guy sat there and carved <laughs> that thing for hours. <laughs> with an erection. <laughs> most definitely, yeah, with his erection, yeah. Well, uh, I will tell yeah. you, Dr. Drusifer, that you're, you, keeping you on retainer is just paying dividends week after week, and you are is. ready to spring into action at any point. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I want to wrap my, my, my tentacles around you and just, you know, use my suction cups to just say thank you. He'll let you. Yeah, he will. No, no thanks, neither. Hey, I got a question for you. Hit me. How is flesh life working out for you? Oh, you know, uh, the my flesh life has actually been stunted since I have not been talking about it on the show. And here's the deal. Oh, poor baby. I have used it with other people. I've used it by myself. It's very enjoyable. It is a great sensation. But it's the cleanup is just so, it's just a process as opposed to just using my hand where it's wham, bam, thank you, sir. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But don't, are you a lotion jerker? I mean, you got all the cleanup from that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if I'm just using lotion, I just wipe my hands off on a towel and I'm, I'm, I move on about my day. Tyler, you look like you got a question. I don't. I'm just so <laughs> glad I get to be a part of this. So glad I get to be a part of this conversation. I'm going to, I am going to, for lack of a better term, wade back into those waters and I will, you know what, man, I feel like I've let you down. I'm going to get back in there. Yeah. Well, hey, we still haven't had that date yet where I come over and coach you. Put me in coach. I'm ready to spray. Yeah, I, you I, Suck suction cups, too. So you got to get that suction cup attached when you can put it right in the shower. And I don't want you two spending time together. And we are right in the back of the bosom of tentacle porn. That is full circle. I appreciate you so much, Drusifer. And yeah, we I do are, too, uh, I guess. We're going to be getting back in touch with you real soon because we're depraved. Absolutely. I love it. And I love you guys. We love you, buddy. Thank you, Dr. Drew. Have a great afternoon, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Take care. Bye. Fantastic, Tyler. I feel like we all learned something about ourselves and, and definitely about me. Mm -hmm. All right. I thought that I was good. I thought that was bad. Did you? I thought that was interesting. You're going to have to pick one. I thought it was bad, Tyler. <laughs> I don't trust that guy. I thought it was pretty interesting. No, I love it. I, I love that he is ready to take on all subjects. And I don't know that he's even doing research. I think that was just off the top of his dome. No build up necessary. Let's dive right into our good. Hello, motherfucker. Ryan, for our good, this one is a quick two-parter. In a fleeting win for our justice system, Jesse Smollett has been found guilty on six counts of disorderly conduct. He could face as much as three years in prison for each count, although... Experts believe that he'll more than likely just get probation and or community service. Well, I, I think with, uh, for the people who don't know, we talked about it on last oh, week's episode, Jussie Smollett, uh, he, he said that he had been hate crime. He faked a hate crime. Faked a hate crime, well, got busted because he did a terrible job. 
He used like every Hollywood trope imaginable in his story. And, and all the people that he employed for his fake hate crime were directly connected to him. They were extras on yeah. the same show he's on. Don't kill the one you do, <laughs> Jussie. <laughs> Don't hire extras from the same show you're acting on. <laughs> and uh, also Josh Duggar, you know, this piece of garbage. He's a reality star that got accused of like child molestation. Accused nothing. The once famous reality star that used to be on the show, the TLC show, 19 Kids and Counting, at that point, you just got to ask yourself, what the hell are we doing with ourselves? Yeah. He has been found guilty of downloading child pornography. That's another one of those things where it's like, if I had child pornography in my history, I would be looking over my shoulder every moment of every day. I, that is something that just... How do you go on living? It's like when you kill somebody and bury them on your property. It's just, you're just waiting to get busted. I guess so. He owned a used car lot and he would use the computer there Jeez. to download this stuff. There was actually a program on his computer that his wife had installed because he had such a problem with pornography. The program would let her know every time he went onto a pornographic website, which at that point, not gonna judge. What are you doing in that relationship? The Jussie Smollett of child porn, this guy. Yeah, except this <laughs> actually happened. No, but I'm saying like, you're. I, I don't wanna tell people how to successfully look at child porn. Yeah, I first of all, I'd wonder how you know how to do it. If you're, I'm just, I'm, I could brainstorm here, but what I- if, Please don't. If you are looking at child porn, I hope you get caught so I won't help you. But that seems like one of the dumbest ways to do it. Absolutely. If your wife is watching your your history, that just seems like a, a crazy Well, person. he had downloaded another program onto the same computer to circumvent that program, but didn't log in every time, and there were breadcrumbs that they found. That's the fact of the matter is that this guy is so comfortable looking at child porn, he's not even covering his breadcrumbs. No. Like Hansel and Gretel. Nope. Which is an early form of child abuse, Hansel and Gretel. Both Smollett, I'm not, what do you want me to do about that? I don't know. Both Smollett and Duggar will receive their sentencing in the near future. They said, especially specifically in Duggar's case, that the images that they found on his computer were not only of random kids, but of his kids, oh. and were so despicable that his wife ran from the courtroom as they were displayed. As, why would they be displayed? As evidence. Oh. Jeez. Yeah, there's people who work at the FBI who have to look at child porn to document these things. That's a fuck. Ugh. On to our bed, Yay! Ryan. Diabetes. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> Will for Grimley. What are you doing here? What a cameo. I love that guy. Our bed is pretty freaking bad. No joke. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Last night, a massive chain of storms. It might have even been one giant storm which spanned 200 miles or about 322 kilometers dropped roughly 30 tornadoes across six states what states the six states hit are missouri tennessee and mississippi which those three as of this writing no deaths have been reported okay illinois and arkansas were also hit and there's roughly two deaths of as as of this writing but in Kansas, which has been hit the hardest. Just in one spot, a tornado dropped down onto a candle factory, which was filled with 110 employees. And it 
shredded the building. Wow. It, it is what was described by the first responders as a debris field. Yeah. And there were 110 bodies in that building. It killed everyone? We don't know yet. Recovery is still ongoing. Oh, that is terrible. Right now, there are 50 deaths across the state, but the uh, number is expected to exceed over 100. No, no jokes here. The Haitian army is with. I mean, that is a that is a terrible story, and, and happening out of nowhere, and, where just a tornado just drops down on top of. I, because you're thinking a storm like that. What are people doing at work? But they had no clue that it was coming. That's heartbreaking. No, yeah, that's, you, you that's heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. So recovery is still ongoing. I'm sure we will discuss this later in the future. And obviously the ways to give are all the, the main ways, Red Cross and all that kind of stuff. That's you know? crazy, man. So let's go right into our interesting. It's time to do, 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 do. Did you ever watch that show? The hell was that? Yu-Gi-Oh? Nah, never seen it. Oh, man, it's time to duel, baby. Sounds interesting. For interesting, this story comes to us from the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, or more specifically, Dubai. Ryan- Dubai what? As you know, the incredibly popular King Abdulaziz Camel Festival, which you're talking about all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, began earlier this month. And for those of you who do not know, and you're not uh, camel fanatics the way Ryan and I are, it's an incredibly popular month-long festival where the winner of the most beautiful camel award is a $66 million prize. How does one judge a camel? There are many factors. They're lovely lady humps? Absolutely, from the size of their humps, from the shape of their face, to the fullness of their muscles. Okay. There are many things that they take into account. Much like a human lady. Pretty much the same shit we're doing now in 2021 with judging a human body. Look at the bone structure on that camel. (laughs) She uh, she could carry a couple people. Oh my lord. So, this week, Saudi authorities oversaw one of the largest crackdowns in the festival's history. Using specialized and advanced technology, which I'm quoting them directly, to detect tampering of any kind. And what kind of tampering could you do to a camel? Excellent question. Lip fillers? So far, they have discovered dozens of contestants had stretched out the lips and the noses of camels, used hormones to boost the beast's muscles, injected camels' heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger, inflated body parts with rubber bands, and used fillers to relax the faces. That is really interesting and twisted. And what kind of a, this is like that, uh, this is like little cuties all over again, Tyler. (laughs) Did we not learn anything? I'm almost positive these are adult camels, but I see what you're going where you're going. Honestly, you're going to give these guys a real hang up. And I don't think that this is uh, something that we should be doing. But I think you nailed it because when you're talking about 66 million American dollars, that is a shitload of money that people, in a lot of cases, will do anything to get. True, I'd say that that's true for a lot less than 66 mil. Absolutely. Yeah. So these people physically alter camels yep. who are incapable of saying no and giving them plastic surgery. But they're also incapable of saying yes. So we don't know whether or not the camels want it. I, I, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> 
<laughs> what I'm saying what is does right. bl- What does devil's advocate go too far? Uh, when I fuck a camel, Tyler. So they are, and as you said, when I first read this headline, I giggled to myself. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Which was what? Uh, which, uh, that they're giving Botox to camels. It's like, dude, that's goofy as shit. That's ridiculous. Why are we doing this? But you also nailed it. It is twisted as shit, man. That is animal abuse. Yep. It is downright animal abuse. But they are looking prettier, so who they knows? They are sexy-ass camels, Who knows Ryan? what's right and who knows what's wrong. So hopefully they can weed this out and camels will stop suffering and you're just going to have to win $66 million like a normal person. And that, Ryan, is GBI. Fantastic, Tyler. Great job, like always. That was very interesting. Um, all right, I've got just a quick little thing uh, that I want to do before we get out of here. I want to do, you know, when I first started this show, and this is going to sound like, like a joke, but it's actually true, I was reading a lot more than I am now, and I actually credit a big part of that to Dateline. I've gotten so obsessed with Dateline, my, my ideas with audiobooks and all that stuff has taken a hiatus for about two years. Mm. With that being said, I went back and listened to a book I've heard many times before. Let's talk about it on Weekly Book Note. This week, I am covering Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Have Mm. you ever read The Lost Symbol, Tyler? I have not, not yet. Dan Brown is the famous author of The Da Vinci Code, and The Lost Symbol is the book in the series that follows The Da Vinci Code. Mm -hmm. And I was a huge fan of his, I still am, for many years, and would read his books like the day that they came out. Except for this one? Uh, no, I just my just like with you, my reading habits have changed over the years, and I just am not reading the way that I used to. This the thing is, and and I am one of those compulsive people that watches, really? yeah, a bit. <laughs> I will read the same books over and over again. Oh, for sure. I will listen for to sure. the same songs over and over You're again. You're looking for those chemicals that hit you the first time. And just when I like something, that's what I like. When sure. I like a certain type of food at a restaurant, that's just what I want. I don't want to try out new stuff. I like this. Mm-hmm. So the thing that's interesting about it is when you go back and listen or read some of these things again, it's not just the words that are there on the book. It is also what you're bringing to the table at that time. So going back and listening to this book again, I took it in such a different way than any of the other times that I've read it, and it is incredible. I would highly recommend it. Now, what this one focuses on is noetic science. Tyler, do you know what noetic science is? I do not. Noetic science is... Research in the field of consciousness and healing and extended human capacities. What does that mean to you when I say that? Can you say it one more time? It is the research in the fields of consciousness and healing and extended human capacities. I won't even make you answer it. What it basically is, is trying to quantify some of these ideas that, uh, for lack of a better term, that people uh, with expanded consciousness or the idea that we're all one entity uh, really trying to quantify those ideas. It's wildly interesting. And the thing is, when it comes to any version of science uh, in terms of uh, gauging things, quantifying things, there's so much that we don't know. Like, uh, think of the light spectrum or uh, or the, the range of sounds that we can hear. We couldn't hear so much and we couldn't see so much before we got technology to, to help us. How much more is still out there that we can't detect just yet? 
Yeah, I think what you're saying is something that we've talked about a million times on this show, and we bring it up a lot, this one particular fact. The loudest noise on this planet is from, is it the blue whale? Blue whale, the loudest natural noise. The loudest natural noise mm. is from a blue whale. And the thing that's interesting about that is that humans don't possess the tools to hear it. It's yeah. in a decibel that our ears don't take in, like a dog's whistle. The, the frequency is too low, yes. Right, exactly. And the reason why that is interesting is that it just shows you that our perception isn't the penultimate of scientific observation. There are so many things on this planet that other animals can ascertain that we can't because of, we think of our our sight and our sound as being perception of the world as it is, but it isn't. It's no. just tools to try to quantify those things. Yeah. So basically this book, in a, in a grandiose way, because he is an incredible writer, and if you haven't ever read anything by Dan Brown, I highly recommend it. I would go out there and say one of my favorite authors of all time. Mm-hmm. And this science was brought on by the sixth man who ever walked on the moon. Is that an interesting fact, Tyler? His name is Edgar Mitchell, mm. and he was the sixth man to walk on the moon. It just means you're fifth place loser. Okay, okay. Neil Armstrong, whom? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, the thing is, when he went to the moon, on the way back, he was looking at the earth. And he was awash with the spirituality, this idea that everything is totally connected like the way they describe it in this article that i read by warrior.do uh it it basically described him as having this this come to jesus moment you know what i mean with the idea of the fact that we're on this planet and we're all fighting wars and we're all you know we have enough food to feed everybody but we're not doing it the idea it's me versus you the fact of the matter is we're all living on a living breathing planet you know what i'm talking about i do know what you're talking about if trees grow out of the earth and trees are alive that stands to reason that the earth is alive, right? We're all cells living on one giant body. Kook alert! Kook alert! Kook alert! Now, it's great that you said kook alert because when people hear that, they're like, this person is out of their mind. What noetic science right. is trying to do is going out of their way to use science to prove that these things are true. As our technology grows and our ability to quantify things uh, you know, keeps growing as well, I believe that one day we are going to be able to use science to prove spirituality. The way that people think that those are two separate languages, I think they're the, they're basically two separate languages telling the same story. Is that possible? Very much so. Yeah, and, and, and as time continues on, we'll get more and more answers. So what I would say to people is if you have a chance, I, I highly recommend this book. I, I Like I said, I recommend any of Dan Brown's books, and that is my weekly book nook, Tyler. Do you have anything going on this week? I do not. Okay, and that is the end of the episode. Great job this week, Tyler. Good job to you. Could you tell them how to get in touch with us? Thoseguysyouhate.com. Go there or be square. What is the moral of the story, Tyler? I'm proud of you. No matter what it is you did this week, no matter what small victories you've achieved from getting out of bed and going to work to just surviving another day. Sure. I'm proud of you. Small victories, baby. Ryan, what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is I'm going to give tentacle porn a shot, man. Mm. I'm going to try it. It, There's nothing about it that particularly reaches out and grabs me, but I will give it a chance. Try it. I I know I've said this before on the show and nobody cares. I've been really trying to slow down my masturbation habit because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, nobody nobody cares. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. This is my moral of the story, buddy. Uh, So shut up. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, yeah, I, I got a little bit too accustomed to the internet porn, Tyler, and I don't think it's good for my psyche, but 
I'm willing to break out of my shell for this show. Real sacrifice for the show. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it a go. I'm not going to do it tonight, but, you know, at some point, I'm going to reach in and grab it. Mm. We are those guys you hate. Be kind, or we'll kill you. Uh, got a red circle there, there, partner. Um, I would just like you to know. Two red circles? Two red circles. I would just like you to know, and I'm going to say this right into the death machine. Ryan? I'm not really sticking with the death machine, but please. Look at me. 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 I'm calling my shot now. Uh I have one Christmas between you, Michael, and myself. Swish. You have one Christmas. I have one Christmas. I have gotten the three of us a gift that cannot be topped by anybody. Wait a minute. You got a, a gift for... Oh. Go on. You got a gift for yourself? Well, it's one of those um, massages with happy endings, so the three of us can enjoy it together. It's kind of like a human centipede, but with dicks. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, in the B position. I'm going to be in your B position. Yeah. Uh, all right. So cool. just, just letting you know now so wait that you're in for a grand old time, See, and I'm going to make you look like a fool. Well, you, you've you started this before I was ready, so yeah, that's now a, that's okay. I we're going to have to cut all this out because- I want people to really I'm see- I'm not really talking. Behind the camera. Um, Behind the scenes. You're in front of the camera. Yeah, definitely. So- no shtick here. We're we're buying each other presents this year? I've already bought you a present, and you're not going to be able to top it. You don't have to get me anything. I'm being serious when I say that. Can I bottom it? No, I, but I, nobody ever, I mean, that's bullshit. That's like when a woman says, like, ah, don't worry about my birthday. It's it's all good. No, I'm telling you right now in front I'm of not the, mad. In front of all the people that you're very clearly mad. Cal- I'm calm not, down. I, I'm not mad. Calm down. I'm not mad. It's uh, all good. I, I'm just, I'm letting you know now. You're not going to be able to top it, so you probably should just not even try. Don't even try. Don't even try. That's basically the foundation of my life, Tyler. I, I probably can't do it, so I'm not even going to try. I, I've okay. set you up. Cool. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. That's Good. kind of a dickhead maneuver, I guess. Yeah. The only thing that I can say to that, Tyler, is I've been listening to Dateline. Mm. Is this Baywatch edition? You know what's really... Ah... You know what's really funny, Tyler? I thought, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to get the Dateline sound effect. Uh-huh. So whenever I do this segment, I'm going to hit it. What I found was the Dateline sound effect from 1984. Ah. And I love it. That's Baywatch, man. Ah, yeah. Or at least a little, little Kenny G. That's good. That's good shit. I guess so. So I've been listening to Dateline, Tyler. Okay. And they did. I'm not in a Dateline mood, I'll have you know. In I'm episode, in a different kind of mood right now. I'm drawing a Dateline in the sand. I will tell you that they did an episode on the 
Gucci family. You know, there's that movie coming out, some yeah. sort of cross promotion. I'm sure that they're all in uh, cahoots together, much like my gym is trying to make me listen to certain types of music. I accidentally spoiled uh, the end for for my group of friends who didn't know the story of Gucci. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know the story of Gucci either. Oh, uh, okay. He died, y'all. He died. Oh, spoiler alert. She did yeah. it, y'all. Yeah, this happened in the 80s, man. And, and I said it, and everyone's like, wait, he died? Like, what is this, the Bible? You know what happens at the end. Wait a minute. You're saying the Titanic went down? <laughs> Everybody made it, well, right? Yeah, everybody's good, right? They're all holding on to that iceberg. So Patrizia Gucci said something that I thought was an interesting quote. I want to know your thoughts on it. I would rather weep in a Rolls Royce than be happy on a bicycle. You know who said that, Tyler? Patrizia Gucci. That's a terrible quote. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that is that's, quite the deal. That's sad. It, ma- it makes you realize, uh, or it's a prime example of somebody who just has all the wrong priorities. Uh, and it all turned out good for them, right? She's on the Titanic right now, happy and enjoying herself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrizia Gucci? She's getting a nice ice <laughs> dip as we, as we speak. Now, there's that, and they try to dateline... Uh, very often tries to lure you in with their allure of being intelligent and hey this is an investigative piece on the psychology of man Mm -hmm. but every now and then they go to lowest common denominator and that happened recently when they put out an episode called too fat to kill that's low hanging And and the thing is, because when you read that, your brain all of a sudden starts doing the gymnastics that is necessary for you to figure out, wait a minute, is this as ridiculous as I think it is? I probably should listen to it. And I did, Tyler. Mm -hmm. And I did. I I, I just thought that was interesting. How is that possible, too fat to kill? If you can hold a gun in your hand, what, you can't get your finger through the the trigger? (laughs) Well, that would be a good one right there. But also in this particular instance, the the lawyer pled that this guy had sleep apnea. Okay. They said that he killed his ex-wife, got in a car, and then drove to Louisiana mm-hmm. with his sleep apnea. I've known somebody with sleep apnea. It keeps you up at night, so you're constantly tired. It could be confused with narcolepsy. Sure. Because you're just always so tired. Mm. Fat. Mm. You wait, you knew somebody like that? What did you kill them? Yeah, I used or to did know the, them. Or did, you, no, the sleep apnea got him, Tyler. Mm. I just held their mouth mm. and nose. <laughs> <laughs> sleep apnea, the unsilent killer. <laughs> Tyler, speaking of people dying, if there was only some way that we could celebrate that in the most inappropriate of fashions. Oh, Ryan, I am so glad you said so. Have I got news for you? I don't think that's appropriate here. What's up, brother? Ryan. As I said to open the show, which hasn't happened yet because we're still in the pregame, an unsung hero has died, Ryan. And we're here to sing about it. Yes, yes, we're here to celebrate the life. That's Happy Death Day. We're not here to celebrate death, obviously. Eat it, corpse! That would be... Pretty dark. We're here to celebrate the life lived and whatever accomplishment that may be. Ryan, yo, Masayuki Yimura. Heard of him? First of all, nailed it. Second of all, love that guy slash woman. Definitely a guy. You love that guy, bro. He's the one who eats all the hot dogs on 4th of July. Look at you being open-minded until you said that last thing. That was racist. Is that not, racist? Not every Asian person is a is a food-eating <laughs> champion, Ryan. 
We'll agree to disagree on this one, Tyler. <laughs> Born in Tokyo, Japan in 1943, he graduated with a degree in electronic engineering. Electronic engineering, mm -hmm. check. Yep. His first job out of school was selling solar cell batteries. Now, the specifics of that- What, what time was this? Uh, was 1943. Usually by the time we've heard of technology, it's already been around for decades. It shocks you when you find out how far back some of these things go. Absolutely. The first vibrator was wooden, Tyler. A wildo. Splinter <laughs> in your cooch. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We have hit our tally of one cooch per show. One cooch per show, one wildo per every 10. I meant to have some confetti dropping down. It was going to be a whole thing. We'll put that in in post. <laughs> well... This is the technology that he sold was uh, solar cell batteries. Mm -hmm. One of the companies that he sold to, Nintendo Entertainment. Yeah, Nintendo, before they were a video game franchise, they did other things. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, yeah. They actually, technically, the company's been around since the late 1800s, huh. and they started selling uh, decks of cards I've told, originally. I've told you over and over again that the Asian culture is from the future. And it what is. I mean is they've been around... A lot longer than we have. They have. Yep. But they're also stuck within the timeline of whenever the technology's been around. Nope. <laughs> nope. What are they, Wakanda? They have all this futuristic technology and they're just not sharing it with anybody? We're not at liberty to talk about it, Tyler. <laughs> There's that we again. Yep. So he started working with these people at Nintendo. And between the technology that he sold and their game design, they invented in 1984, Duck Hunt. I remember Duck Hunt with that dickhead dog. Yeah. That would laugh. So snooty, that dog. You know what I did with Duck Hunt? And this is interesting to zero people. Mm -hmm. I'm including you and me mm -hmm. in that equation. Mm -hmm. I used to turn the TV up as loud as I possibly could, and then I would shoot away from the TV so it would make the gun noise, and I pretended like I was shooting a gun. Yeah, I think that's something everybody has done. I was 28 years old when I did that, Tyler. Anything on on the man who invented Duck Hunt? So wait, did he invent Duck Hunt, or was, did he, Nintendo go on to invent Duck Hunt using his batteries? They hired him. No, it was it wasn't even his batteries. He was working for a company, and they started working together. Oh, wow. They eventually hired him away, or he quit, and they hired him, and they invented Duck Hunt. Love he Duck was Hunt. also the lead architect for the NES. And SNES systems, the when, Super Nintendo system. When you say architect, what do you mean? You he mean was the lead designer to bring home consoles to the home. Well, which has opened up a Pandora's box of all sorts of problems, which we will get into later on in the show. That's how technology works. Yeah. Put it back in there, baby. So Masayuki Imura. And he died. Happy... And he's dead. Oh. Happy Death oh, Day. Shit. That's a bummer. I feel like I was just getting to know him. What part of Happy Death Day do you not understand? I think it's the happy, Tyler. <laughs> That's the part I'm confused by. Because we're all going to die. It is time to accept that fact and cherish the life that we got to experience, or in this case, the achievements that, sure. he, that he blessed upon us. As we all sit and patiently wait for the day that our bodies are taken off of this cold dead rock that we call planet earth that's beautiful tyler and i appreciate you i appreciate you bringing that to the people depressingly poetic ryan and the fact of the matter is is that these forms of entertainment can be used to make people happy they can be used to make people sad they can be used for all sorts of things mm -hmm. and sometimes 
they are not used correctly. And really where it hurts me is because I have used this platform, which I take very seriously. I know I'm constantly making jokes on this show, but I do take this very seriously. Do I not? You do. I do. Probably too seriously. You do. It's just when you talk about things that you take seriously, I'm sure many members of the audience, like myself, think you're just setting up for a joke. No, 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 no. <laughs> Your voice betrays you, Ryan. <laughs> In my eyes. No, Tyler, but here's my biggest issue. Uh-huh. I have used this platform to champion someone, which I don't usually. I like to use this platform as a way to chop people down and make myself feel bigger by making them smaller. Yeah, yeah, that's I can't disagree with that. Now, I said something, I would say, pretty good about Lil Nas X. Have I not on this show? I, I believe I made it a weekly book nook. I covered... Lil Nas X, mm -hmm. you, you recall that? I do. I also do remember, I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember you turning on him at one point. Well, I would be very careful to turn on Lil Nas X because, Tyler... This isn't a gay joke, is it? Well, that last one was <laughs> because you gotta, it's, a, it's a comedy podcast, Tyler. You just can't all be serious. I'll talk about low-hanging fruit. I, again, <laughs> Lil Nas X, more like Lil Gay Sex, am I right? Did this, Tyler. Day up, hey. Can I pop shit? I might bottom on the low, but I top shit. I might bottom on the low, but I top shit. Now, the thing is, I don't even like rap music. I go to it because it's one of the few forms of entertainment I know isn't actively trying to make me gay, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I can't eat baby carrots anymore because they're actively trying to make me gay, Tyler. Yeah. And now... I, there is no respite in this world of just like you know sexy schlongs and and and, and hairy chests that I want to run my tongue through. I mm. have nowhere to go, Tyler. What's your <laughs> mm. yeah? You haven't said anything in a while. Mm. You all right over there? Um, well, first of all, ick. Second of all. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, if that's running through your mind, then you you're you're those those are you problems. Those are not baby care problems. Those are you problems. I listen, man. I've tried it out a couple of times just to make sure that I'm not gay. Yeah, and, and I you know you hate it. I just can't get out of my mind how much I gotta keep trying. <laughs> all right, Tyler. That's She's it. Just gotta I, exercise <laughs> the demons. Sexo. <laughs>